You're listening to the Makers and Mystics podcast. This is a special bonus episode, Making Room in Advent. For those listeners of ours who participate in Advent, we have a special invitation for you. Our good friend, visual artist, and author, Betty Dickinson, has created a beautiful visual devotional to guide readers through a season of wonder. This book features 25 original works of art with a short meditation accompanying each image. In today's episode, Betty shares with me about how you might counter the hustle of this season through embracing a more contemplative posture and a slower pace. The music for this episode features the work of singer-songwriter Carolyn Cobb's A Seed, A Sunrise, Advent to Christmas Songs. You can find links to Caroline's music in the show notes of this episode. Be sure to stick around to the end for a special invitation to join the Makers and Mystics Creative Collective online for a guided meditation for Advent. Betty, thank you for joining me on Makers and Mystics today. I'm so excited to finally get to sit down with you and talk about your new book, Making Room in Advent, 25 Devotions for a Season of Wonder. This is going to be an exciting conversation, so thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Stephen. It's an honor. I have in my hand a beautiful book that you've created that you've just released, Making Room in Advent. 25 Devotions for a Season of Wonder. And I was saying before the show just how impressed I am with the artistry of this book, the feel of it, the look, the images that you've created in it, and the whole package that came with it. It's not just a book, but it's an experience that families can have throughout this season of Advent. And we're going to do it in our family. I already showed Sarah and the kids, and so we're excited to go through this for this season. But I would love for you to tell the audience some about why you created this and just a little about this book and this Advent experience that you're offering. Yeah. So I created the book and really, you know, like many creative works, they flow out of really what God is doing in us. And there, uh, I just sensed that this story needed to be told in a way that it hadn't been told before and, and wanted to help recapture the wonder and the beauty and the mystery of the incarnation that still, I mean, I've been working on this book. It was five years ago that I started and I still, <laughs> my mind is continually blown by the the beauty and the mystery of the incarnation. And the, the first painting that I actually started in 2017 was the Annunciation, which is where the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and says, you know, you will be with child and, and the invitation for for God to be made flesh in her. And I remember as I was working on the painting, I was laying down the first layers of the underpainting with acrylic. And there was 
moving the water and the paint around on the board. And I was pondering just the mystery of Mary becoming pregnant with Jesus with this invitation. And I thought to myself, I think I might be pregnant. And <laughs> I found out that the next day I was pregnant with my son, Winston. Wow. And it was just this beautiful invitation from God to embody the work where literally in my body, I had a little one growing and I'm walking alongside Mary as she's uncovering the mystery of Jesus growing within her. And this book and these paintings were emerging sort of as this new life and new creation. And so I just discovered it on a whole new level of leaning into it in that way and and learning how to surrender to life being formed in me and what that looks like in the creative life as well as I was creating these paintings and the writings for the book. And, and it really, it is, it unpacks it's So it's 25 days. It unpacks the birth narrative in Luke's gospel, but it, it does it with each, each of the 25 days begins with a painting as sort of a way to enter the story and to behold. And I, I really just wanted to create a space, especially during a very chaotic and stressful and busy season for people to slow down and to see. And as we know, you know, with the arts, they have a way of cultivating this space of encounter with God that slows us down, helps us to open our eyes to see and to wonder and to behold. And, and then, you know, the, the written reflections after that is just sort of unpacking more of it leaning into the story and and closing with a reflection question and a breath prayer at the end of each day as a way to kind of lean in and to encounter the story afresh. You know, I've always viewed the story of the incarnation with Mary in Luke specifically, the way that he writes about it, as such a beautiful metaphor of the creative life and of just this process of inspiration coming to us mm-hmm. as the Holy Spirit and impregnating us, if you will, with a creative idea. And, you know, our Mary's posture has always reminded me of the posture of the artist, mm-hmm. which is let it be unto me, mm-hmm. as you have said. It was it's a bit of humility as well as awe and even a little bit of terror. Yes. <laughs> you know, of, of, <laughs> <laughs> she's and, frightened uh, for sure when that's that invitation right, you know? comes. Yeah. Yes, you know, and that mm-hmm. seems to be such the creative life. And I've loved looking at this story through that lens as well. But tell me more about some of your discoveries about the characters in this birth narrative from Luke. And what are some of the epiphanies that you had as an artist learning from these characters about how to be a channel for, you know, these things that God wants to do in our midst? Yeah, you know, what's fascinating about Luke's telling of the story is he begins by saying, you know, I've taken it upon myself to draw up an account to validate essentially who Jesus is, taking the truth claims of Jesus to help people understand that this is real, that this happened. And the way that he does that is he says, when I I took it upon myself to draw up an account, that word for account is actually narrative. It's a story. And, you know, we've, we've heard, obviously, many times in the creative world, show me, don't tell me. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what Luke is doing. He validates who Jesus is and shows us who Jesus is through the very flesh and blood people that he comes into the world to inhabit. And so, you know, he begins 
telling the story of Zechariah, who is supposed to be the one who gets it and yet kind of misses it. You know, like he's in this place of power. He's in the temple where God is supposed to dwell. And yet when the angel Gabriel comes to him, he's filled with all of this doubt and really clings to control and certainty by saying, you know, how can I be sure that this is going to happen? And the invitation for Zechariah is silence. That mm-hmm. I think sometimes, and I think some of us as artists too, we can be tempted to grab on to control, to tell the narrative the way that we want to tell it. But silence is a, is a practice and a really a spiritual discipline where we learn how to surrender We surrender control. We surrender our stories. We surrender our need for certainty to receive God's words and to wrestle in waiting for his and wrestling with that new life to inhabit in us in ways that we can't control and we can't understand. And it's interesting that Zechariah is sort of contrasted with Mary who, you know, they respond very similarly to the angel Gabriel's announcement of good news. The angel announces to Zechariah that he's, you know, going to have John the Baptist. And, you know, Zechariah responds, how can I be sure? But Mary responds, how will this be? Which sound very similar, but actually Mary's question is more of a, more of a contemplative question. It's more of a, show me God, this, the door to heaven and how does it get opened to this earth? And, and show me the mystery of how this thing could happen that, you know, with, within my body that is a virgin. How is this? How, how will this be? And it's it's a leaning into the mystery of God, whereas Zechariah is leaning into kind of the certainty and the control. And we see these characters contrasting. Now, not to give Zechariah a bad rap, he gets a chance later <laughs> in the story, you know, after he's, he's marinated in silence for a while then he speaks this beautiful Benedictus as he writes John's name and sings this song that has been germinating in him for those mm. nine months. But then Elizabeth, you know, is in the midst of the two of them, and she is leaning into this practice of solitude where she receives the news and she takes solitude as a practice to unfold into it. And it's an invitation, I think, an invitation to unfold into who who sh- her true self and her new identity, uh, kind of casting aside this barren woman image and metaphor of who she is and receiving that she could be someone who has new life as well. And And I just think, I mean, with Mary too, the fact that she, and this is something that I learned very quickly while being pregnant and pondering this, is God didn't ask her to arise to be greater than she already was. He didn't ask her to be superwoman or learn how to multitask well or to be super smart or get a theological degree. He chose to inhabit and dwell within her human limitations. And that for me, especially, you know, in pregnancy, you take on additional limits. (laughs) You know, you get super tired, you're nauseous, you can't walk as far, you can't do as much. And yet, those limits are an invitation for the most high and the supernatural and infinite God to dwell within us. And I think that's the case for artists as well, that it's actually in the the limitations of our craft that we then see the creative thing take form in ways that we never possibly could imagine. A broken mirror painted black There is no light reflected back
You mentioned earlier that this season of Advent and this holiday season, at least here in the West, tends to be a very anxiety-driven season, frantic season for many people, and and very stress-inducing in some ways. And so that was one reason I thought this would be appropriate to share with the Makers and Mystics audience is because you're offering something that's a bit countercultural and Mm -hmm. you're offering something that's inviting us into a different pace and into a different posture. And as I was even looking through the different chapters in your book, you know, each of them begins with making room for silence, making room for solitude, making room for mystery, making room for wonder, and so on. And we were talking earlier about thinning out our lives. And I think, uh, you know, that's that's such an important thing for us. If forests cut down by the axe Like the end of the story when it's all turned Why don't you tell everyone where we can pick this book up, where they can connect with you. And of course, I'll also put these links in the show notes of this episode. Yeah, thanks. You can get it on anywhere books are sold. So Making Room in Advent, 25 Devotions for a Season of Wonder. And you could follow me on Instagram at Betty underscore Dickinson. It's Betty with an E and Dickinson with two eyes, <laughs> And or just BettyDickinson.com would love to connect with you in either of those places. But yeah, I would love to. I'm looking forward to yeah, creating the space for these artists to encounter the mystery and the beauty of the incarnation. Wonderful. Well, thank you for being with us today, Betty. I love this book that you've created. I love the art that you're making, and I'm glad that you're part of the crew. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this special bonus episode. I want to invite you to join our Creative Collective online Sunday, November 27th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time for a Making Room in Advent guided meditation led by the author. You can find links and details to this event in the show notes of this episode. His body pierced, his we'll see you again next Tuesday for our next full interview episode. Says it is finished And the sun went out And we live